Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Welcome. This is exciting. We have uh, Trevor Steele from the Escape Club today. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're going to touch on his entire career and learn about his beginnings, amazing middle part of his career. <laughs> and there's no end in sight. And uh, he's going to get some, give us some insight into uh, the, the making of some of his uh, iconic songs. We're going to get the goods today. Yes. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, we've got a special guest today. This is this Yay, is exciting. I'm so excited. Yes, this is Trevor Steele. Yeah, so, hi. Good hi. to meet you. He's promoting the um, the 80s live 80s. Yeah, it's Lost 80s Live. It's called. Let's give it its full title. Nice. Yeah. And but the reason I found out about this is because you've also got a song you're promoting too. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're promoting a song to go with the tour. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of fun to to do both. Really, I mean, all the people coming to the gig obviously want to hear Wild Wild West above everything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we got a song called We Can't Go wrong um yeah so we we got a song that's 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 more current um we've got hang on this one two three so the fourth album we're on now so okay. after all after over 30 years four albums <laughs> you're like guns and roses <laughs> yeah, the way you put out exactly. albums Wait, yeah. fourth album why do i have five? Oh, maybe it's five hang on well aha uh-huh. they're okay because there's an album called let me look at your list don't look at the rest of my yeah, notes yeah, there no. are questions i want to ask um, you one two three cloud 10 okay so cloud 10 was an album but it wasn't initially an Escape Club album. It was just me and John, the guitarist. And we, we just called it Cloud 10. Mm-hmm. Then we put it up on, um, what was it in those days, CD Baby. And for some reason, they kind of caught wind of the fact that we were the Escape Club and it just became an Escape Club album, which is kind of weird. I, I never argue with that, but, mm-hmm. it, but, but it wasn't officially an Escape Club release. Which is kind of weird. And so, <laughs> I listened to a I listened to a song on my way over here from that, and I didn't realize that it was it was subsequently built as a as a an Escape Club album. Yeah, is what I you're mean, saying. Yeah, and, and because I'm singing on it, it sounds like the Escape Club. But but the style is so different to mm-hmm. everything else we've done. Yeah, well, that's very cool. Yeah. And, but and so but this song, as yeah. I was looking, it seems it was on a, an album that was like five years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, called Celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, guys, I've I've had to listen to it this morning to remind myself of the song because it's been because because it's been around. You know that we've got all our songs hanging around, and I never listen to them because most artists don't listen to their songs. So I had to listen to it again this morning to remind me. Oh, it's great! I love the song. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. That's yeah. great. <clears throat> why? So why is it coming out again? Or what's the the idea behind? Well, this? the idea was it. 
from that album, that seems to be the one that gets the most reaction from from the people who listen to us. Um, and and through the label that we're going through, we thought, well, hey, let's just let's get it out to radio again. Just remind people while we're on the tour because we're doing dates all over the country, and and we'd rather have something current out there. Yeah. Rather than just keep playing the old stuff. So that's why we did it. Do you get a chance to play it at all on, on these shows? Not on these shows. We we are lucky to just sort of some of the shows we only get to do one song. Oh wow. Which is nuts. We didn't know that before we went on the tour, mm-hmm. to be honest. There's a whole load of stuff going on backstage amongst <laughs> all of us bands going, What? <laughs> one <laughs> song, you're kidding me? You know? Um mainly the main ones we have to do that is the we've done three casinos. And they want them out on the slots oh, right, real yeah. quick. They don't want it. They don't want the audience in there listening to songs when they could be spending money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One song, yeah, well, yeah. Well, because, I mean, there's, there's so many artists. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, it's like a review. There's some it's like yeah, flock. Of, I mean, it's like yeah. the '50s review, like it those, really, like, like like churning yeah. them up. Here they are, flock of seagulls. Here they are, missing birds. Right. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. And to be honest. It's not what we signed up for, really. Mm-hmm. For, for, but then the other gigs, we can go and do four songs, and that's fine. Then we're we're happy. We're all happy. Then is there an opportunity for like? Are, are you at? Is it like in the old days? You're at the merch table afterwards, signing, and then like that's getting oh, you know yeah. signing people up. And, oh yeah, <laughs> so all you, that stuff is very very old fashioned in that respect. But for us, it's really good because it's it's been thirty years since we've been out. Really, mm-hmm. you know, we we did we did some about seven or eight years ago, but that wasn't with the full band. And now when we go out, because it's the, it's the original members now, it's me, John and Johnny up the front, we're getting such a reaction off of people because they've had, they've had all those years to learn, to have to live with the songs. So I don't, I don't have to sing, they're just singing all the words for me for all the songs, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah, it's an amazing thing. I mean, after 30 years, I mean, is it is it a shock? I mean, were, were there, you must have been like, I don't know if they remember us or if there's, you know, when you're about to get on the road. What's, yeah, what's yeah, that like? Really. Well, well, I always thought, you kind of think, well, they're going to come in here, Wild Wild West, because that was the number one song. People remember it. But then there's a whole load of people who know the band and they know all their mm-hmm. songs and they say, why didn't you play this? Why didn't you play that? And that's quite heartening, really, because mm-hmm. I'm living over, well, I've been in Australia for 15 years. I'm back in London now we're not really in touch with our fans so much, not on a face-to-face, day-to-day level. But when, when you see them come back after the gigs, mm-hmm. you, you you touch their lives and it's really nice, you know. Yeah. Well, Do you cool. enjoy playing live now yeah. as much as you did? I, I prefer it now. Because I don't have a record company breathing down my neck. I don't have, you know, I don't, I don't have to impress radio stations. You know, I just go out and play to the fans, you know, and it's great. Really good fun. That was great. Yeah, because yeah. you, yeah, it's this, this audience that remembers all these things, yeah. these events and, you know, what was going on in their lives. Exactly. And they're there to have fun. Yeah. But, but we've had people come up to us like, in tears, you know, say, oh, this yeah. reminds me of this and that. And it's like, well, great, you know. That's, yeah, it's because <laughs> it was a certain, like, I guess, because it was an area, it was a... a particular era for us with music and it really yeah. means you know mm. it probably more to us like you know our parents who grew up in the 50s and 60s that music means as much to them as oh for sure this does to that, us yeah this that's is- right yeah so yeah so <clears throat> does it feel like i mean back in the let's go back to when escape club was starting i mean you're you're you know, right now you're trying to win I, the, the audience was already there they know the songs what, what was it like in the early 80s in England, what what was the club scene like? What, oh, what yeah. were you? When you were starting out. When we were starting out, I've got really fond memories of that because um, we, we released an album called Whitefields on EMI mm-hmm. um, and we used to play to about, I don't know, we got to a point where we were playing to about 500 people a night and we used to play in nice. a, an old club called The Marquee in London, which is a well-known the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone <laughs> played there. And, 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 and my fondest memories of being in the band are in those days when you got really mad sort of really devoted fans 
come to hear all the album, you know, jumping up and down, mosh pit, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and, we're, and we're young and we're enjoying ourselves. But then, then the way things changed was we we had another record. The guy who ran EMI, and this wouldn't happen these days, said, "Yeah, that Whitefields album yeah, it was okay. You know, you sold a few, not enough for us, really. You guys better write a hit for the next one." Mm-hmm. These days, you wouldn't get that chance. But so we went and we wrote Wild Wild West. That changed everything. Mm-hmm. Did you because know right off as you were writing it? You kind of do. Yeah. You kind of do. It started off with just a drum machine, and yeah. you know. The idea sounded like, oh, that sounds pretty good, but it wasn't until we got in the studio and started making the record. So I think Wild Wild West is like a hit record rather than a hit song. Like mm-hmm. if I played it for you on an acoustic, you go, yeah, that's pretty good. But once you've got the whole vibe going on and the and the rap in the middle and all that sort of stuff, it just turned into this monster. Mm-hmm. By the time we'd finished it, mm-hmm. yeah, it felt like mm-hmm. a hit then. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. The label was happy right away. No, this is the interesting yeah, that, okay. thing. So we were signed to EMI. Um, there was a big, as happens in corporations, there's a big change. The guy who'd got to do the other album had gone. There was another guy in charge and uh, new head of A&R. Uh, and he played it back. We played it back to him and he said, no, I don't hear a hit. Was this the exact <laughs> single? The exact single. He heard Wild Wild West and said, no, it's not a hit. He, I know who, I won't name his name. <laughs> Didn't EMI pass on the, <clears throat> no, it wasn't. No, EMI signed they the signed the Beatles. They signed the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. another label that but passed But this guy... <laughs> said no, it's not a hit, and he really right. went up high in the music business. And he would not admit it. I'm, I've heard through the you know through the rumor mill and yeah. everything that he doesn't admit to. But I know because I was there. So anyway, so we then went across to Atlantic. We had a really good um, label um, management, so they they managed to get us off and get us over to Atlantic. So you were you were signed to like your standard five five album contract at EMI, and you were able yeah, to... yeah. We had to buy ourselves out, which is a very so- sorry, sad story because in the end, we didn't make any money because it was all paying off EMI and paying off this and paying off that. So, as far as actually record sales went, we didn't earn a cent. Did you end up owning the your catalog? Your, no, no, no. They've all. still got it. Um, it's a, it's 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 quite a common thing for mm-hmm. bands from our era. We don't own the catalogue. We don't earn any money from sales even to this day. Mm. We, we get publishing. That's the only thing. And that's pretty good. Yeah. But, but it's not, you know, because I look after bands now, I wouldn't yeah. put up with that. You it's know. not what it should be for No, it's not what it should be. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to be a constant fight for years to come, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is it, did you learn something from the from the first album? I mean, just recording-wise, were you happy with the sound of that album? Or I mean, it, Scott Litt produced that. Yeah. I don't know, that, from R.E.M. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So. yeah. <laughs> Scott was brilliant. Scott was, um, he was an engineer producer, so he was more sitting at the desk getting the sounds. We were obviously very green in mm-hmm. those days. At the time... I wasn't necessarily as happy with it as I am now. I look back on the album. It's my favourite album of all is that albums. Right? Yeah. Wow. It is. I prefer the songs. I prefer the vibe. I prefer everything about it. But that's because I'm getting a bit older, maybe. <laughs> you know, I like that sort of sound. Um, and then we did the next album with Kimsey, Chris Kimsey. I learned more about production from Chris. Chris did The Stones. He did The Stones, <laughs> Duran Duran, Killing Joke, everybody. I mean, yeah. he was a big producer at the time. I think when we did work with Scott, Scott was still finding his feet as a producer. He was a great engineer, mm-hmm. but we were one of the first bands he produced. He'd just done Katrina and the Waves before. Um, he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy was really good. Um, but I think Chris got us a bit more, and I think her songs were probably more geared towards radio by that time, and Chris was really good at that, especially Wild Wild West. He just pointed it at radio, and he did a really good he, job of it, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So, okay, <laughs> let me just go back to Wild Wild West. Yeah, who discovered 
the there's the sample that's the deep purple sample oh no that that's on um no the deep purple samples on it's on the dollars and sex album and it's on call it poison it's, oh that's it's, right that's right that's, that's right. right sorry that's so right. That's, oh that's, yeah i'm thinking yeah that's so that, wow. well we might as well go to that point. yeah, yeah anyway, so that's um that's sorry <laughs> no we sampled um it was off made in japan i think ian gillen it does this yeah. really long time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we were kind of doing this. This was during the big hair era. And um, we, we, you know, like it, the whole of Melrose was full of people with hair up here, up, you know, I'm, I'm pointing up, you know, um, and, and wearing leather pants and all that sort of stuff. So the song was kind of making fun of that whole thing. So we thought we'd take Ian's scream. Um, and we, and we, we asked if we could use it. And he said, yeah, which was really good of him. Didn't charge for it. friends with him no we just 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 applied you know just emailed him or, or phoned up or whatever at the time yeah yeah he's like yeah go yeah. right ahead yeah that's really cool <laughs> that's hilarious yeah all right there's a good time to take a break this seems like a great time to take a break okay this is uh it's fun with trevor and we'll be right back we'll be right back with trevor Steele. Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast and our special guest, Trevor Steele. I kind of wrote down yeah. all the like the four songs you get to play on the tour. <laughs> the four songs we get to, if we can. Yeah, yeah, we got four songs to play. Yeah. So, okay. So when we talk about Call of Poison, that was about, was it the LA music scene? or what Yeah. Was, yeah. It was pretty much. Cause were we, you living here at the well, time? Well, we did our set, third album. Yeah. That's the third album. So we were doing that um, in LA um, and we wrote that song while we were in LA doing the album. So that's what it's kind of based around, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that was also a fun time here. Yeah, yeah, it was. We had such a ball. We really did. What, yeah. did, what were your impressions of the the Sunset Strip? Oh, I loved it at the time. God, you know, I think I think the thing is, it's a love hate thing with with Los Angeles, that, and and especially like young guys coming from London. We came here. Wow, this is amazing, you know. And it's just like just immerse yourself in it and. And, all, and in those days, it was during the sort of Guns and Roses thing and all that. And there was <laughs> hair and tattoos everywhere, you know, and we just loved it, just fell into it, loved it. <laughs> I think in that video, aren't you, is that you riding a motorcycle off? The, no, no, it was, was somebody, somebody, somebody else, some extra. Okay. <laughs> oh, so, you, did you, so you weren't riding a bike. You didn't no. have, you had, come on, you had the long <laughs> hair, the you had hair. the leather. <laughs> well, no, I knew enough people who had met a sticky end on bikes, so I wouldn't touch them. Yeah, That's yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you record that album? That album was recorded out in Peter Wolf's studio. Um, hang on, was it in, did we do some in Topanga Canyon? There was there was in one of the canyons. I can't remember what, what the studio canyon. was. It was one of the, it was what one was it? Laurel. Laurel canyon. It was Laurel. Yeah, I think it okay. might have been Laurel. Yeah, it was. It was there was a studio in one of them. And, mm-hmm. You know, I can't remember now. So long ago. <laughs> so you uh, so you recorded? Did you what the second album? What the second album was uh, just the Escape Club, right? It was called the Escape Club. Um, no. Wait. First album was called Whitefields. The second what? album was called Wild Wild West. The third well, it album was called Wild. Okay, yeah, I'm it sorry. was called Wild Wild West. Yeah. And okay. The, and that where was that recorded at? That was recorded in Maison Rouge in London. With okay. Chris Kimsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have so many roots in London. What can you explain to me why Wild Wild West did not become a hit in the UK? I can explain now that I'm on the other side of the business, and it was purely because we had a rubbish record label. Because what happened was we were signed to Atlantic for America, who mm-hmm. did an amazing job and made it number one, and we were signed to Warners for the rest of the world, who messed up. And basically in London, they had a terrible promo team. Um, and I remember the stories of they, they were trying to get them into radio with, mm-hmm. the, with the song, and they, didn't, they just dragged their feet all the way. And then by the time it was number one, it's a very English attitude. Oh well, if they're number one in America, we don't need to pay them. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was it. I yeah, mean, that was it. Can you? But you played in London. I mean, there, mm. the, you had a fan base. Is there? And, and I mean, I'm sure you people oh, must have toured taken a to lot. It live. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is that our London fan base. This is the weirdest thing. Are still based in the Whitefields album. So even on Facebook now, when we, I'm saying, oh, we're on tour and we're in Texas or whatever we are, we get. A few people from London going, why don't you come back to London and play Whitefields? It's just that it's, it's like two different bands, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And do you do that? Are we're, you- we're planning to do it possibly next year. I mean, we, we tried to do it when um, Pledge Music was still up and running. We tried to do a pledge campaign for it. Um, and it just it just didn't quite hit the mark. And we was like, oh, I don't know. I don't think we can do it really. But but I think we'll do a Kickstarter this time. I think we've we've learned from the last one. We're probably probably going to have to charge quite a lot for the tickets, but that's the only way we can do it. You know, that's not uncommon now, though. No, so you just have to. And I yeah. think people are more likely to pay it now. Yes, you know, yeah. Cause so I'm, what is your? T- I mean, would, would you re-record this album? I mean, what you know, you, uh, you've said well, touchdowns. Yeah, would, I wouldn't touched- re-record it. I'd, I'd go. I'd love to go and play it from beginning to end, just live, just mm-hmm. go and ch- just play it. I'd love to do that. 
Yeah. And there's that that huge fan base. That's I wouldn't that, say well, it's huge, huge, but I mean, right. if it was huge, we'd have done it yeah. ages ago. But there, there's enough of a fan base, I think, there to do it. I'd, I'd hope there is. You know, yeah. Can you do? Is are, are there enough B sides or somewhere you can like re re release it and, and like mm, that way or you know, like re, remaster it? Yeah. And could, make well, it. we did remaster it. It has been remastered. I mean, we could put it out. I think the best thing we could do is put it out on vinyl. To be honest. We could do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot of possibilities now. Yeah. With, I mean, what is your take on streaming? Let's. Uh, how's Escape Club do on streaming? Is that we do okay? I I don't know because I don't see any royalties. Um, no. All I would say though is that my songwriting royalties have probably since streaming came into play because I've been a songwriter since mm-hmm. my songwriter my my um, play royalties have probably gone down about sixty percent. How's that? Wow. Because you get nothing. You get a million plays on Spotify or something. You get $100 or something, you know. And I guess that leads you to doing these 80s tours. Is that, that yeah. helps? Yeah, it does. It it does. We did the 80s tour just for the fun of it, Yeah. to be honest. I mean, to be really brutally honest, it's not that financially viable for us because there's four of us in the band. But, mm-hmm. but it's good fun to do, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get re Yeah, yeah but right. you get you get re-energized, and then like you do. Said, you may do oh, it. Oh yeah, you, yeah. like do working the shows out, on your yeah. yeah, reworking a muscle. Just exactly. That, and know. to be honest, I think we're better than we ever were. We're yeah. really enjoying it. You know, um, like I said before, there's no pressure, and because well, for me and John, we've been in the studio ever since we split up. But I've I've got better, and we've both got better. He's a much better guitarist. I'm a better singer, and we're <laughs> just like we're just having fun. And when we got the muscle memory of performing, mm-hmm. where well, we can just go up and do it. And Johnny's loving it because it's the first time he's played in 30 years. The bass player. Oh, okay. oh wow! So he's loving it. You know, so it's great, and I'm, I'm it's great having him there. So that the three of us up the front feels right again. You know. Yeah, that, yeah. that's always nice when you because yeah. I I would imagine with a lot of these 80s too. I've I've seen a couple where it's just the lead singer yeah. and then some backing exactly. band that's never played with the, it, these, exactly. this guy before. Yeah, and we did that about seven to eight years ago. Is me, John, Red, the drummer, the new drummer, um, and a bassist. And every and he's, the bassist was great. He was a good bass player. But every time I look round, there was this guy who shouldn't be there. Right. You expect to see your band. Yeah, you want to was, see your band. And he was ten years younger than he should have been as well. <laughs> you know, yeah, it is. It is what it is. You yeah. do what you can do. That's right. Um, all right. So what? So you open the show with? Okay, tell me what the name of this your show for the eighty show. As I look down your set list, you always open with. We open with shake for the shake. Okay, you call it shake the shake. <laughs> yeah, and it's shake the oh, shake. That's right. you guys. Yeah. You want to know if I say it's shake the shake to the shake? Yes. Yes. Did you know that at the time? No. That, okay. When I wrote it, because in Europe you say shake, so I thought it's oh, it's a nice little twist. You know, it's only when we came here we're like oh, right, this doesn't quite work, but it, it's spelt the same. Yeah. <laughs> it, but yeah, yeah, but it still worked. And, yeah. Uh, um, and it's it's a dance song. It's kind of it's a political yeah. song, but it's yeah. dancey. Yeah. It's, so you, did you do you do that a lot? I mean, did you try and do that when you were recording? Like, all right, this is a little political. Let's. Have people dance to it, or yeah, you know, like you know, <laughs> yeah. let's let's hide the fact that it's political. That's you know, right. It could people, be, and people could dig in. Yeah, that's not hiding it. It's yeah. just catching it. A yeah, bit. people who are into lyrics got it a lot of the time, but most mm-hmm. people just thought it was party and Same, same applies to Wild West, really. Yeah, so, but and we always, I think, the whole idea of that album was to do a, a, a dance rock hybrid. Um, around about the same time in excess, we're doing it. Really, it's like you know, that was just the, yeah. the sound of the times. Really, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It does actually. I think was it was that the video that looked a lot like like an in excess video, or was there? I can't remember. Okay, there's, there's, like, there's, yeah, yeah. There was time like, oh wow, this. Oh yeah, had, I guess it did actually. Now you mention <laughs> it, yeah, it did a little bit. 
Yeah, because it's like close up, sort of black and white. It looked yeah. like um, Suicide Blonde. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. It. Yes. Now you say that. I've never thought of that, but it did, didn't it? That's yeah. hilarious. But it's also a stylistic thing of the oh, time. Yeah. You oh, know. for sure. Well, me and Hutch both had long hair and yeah. 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 It's a sense of, you know, yeah, it's like. <laughs> that was a damn good look in the 90s. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it worked well. <laughs> it, <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> as Hollywood has. Yeah. <laughs> who, yeah, okay. As a, we go to Wild Wild West again, what? who were the. Was it. How many. Uh, deadbeats are 47? 47. <laughs> Who are these 47 deadbeats? Um, I don't know. It just sounded good <laughs> when I was writing it, yeah. Uh, okay, so you didn't imagine like some sort of... I just thought of it as like, a, as like a, in, a, in those days in London, there were still squats, mm-hmm. you know, and people were just living in houses out in Notting Hill and everything because they were all broken down. And, and that's the picture in my mind was like 47 people just living in this house, you know. Yeah. And it worked. It sounded it, yeah, it sonically. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Where were you when you found out Wild West, uh, West was number one? I was in a little pub in in just outside London and I was in a bar with my with in with my buddies, you know, just local friends. And I phoned up my manager because he said because we were going through the charts, you know, you phone up and you got the chart position and everything, and, and we were in the we were in number I can't remember where we went from. I think we were something like number eight or something the week before. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. And I phoned him up, um, or he, yeah, because I was phoning him from the pub and I was in a, you know, where, <laughs> I can't corner. remember how we did it in those days. But anyway, I was on, <laughs> yeah, I was on the phone, and he just said, "Well, here's the news: you're number one." I was like, you serious? And he's like, yeah. And I just put the phone down, went to the bar and said, we're number one. <laughs> and and no, and they didn't believe it. And they were just saying to the guys behind the bar, hey, this guy's just got the number one American. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, no, no one believed it's it. It's crazy because you were in London where yeah. it wasn't getting played wasn't at getting all. Played. That's insane. It was but insane. people knew you, you because you'd been Not really, been no. Like this was his pub. What was the yeah. pub name? It's, they the pub have... was, it was the Bull in Hornchurch. <laughs> yeah, outside London. <laughs> yeah. Where's Trevor? Oh, he's always, always had. Yeah, yeah. They have your picture up now? No, no, it's not even a pub anymore. I think actually. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh yeah. man. Uh, well, that that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, and where were the rest of the bandmates? I mean, I can't remember. Everyone. Was, so you weren't on tour? <laughs> no. You were just that's hanging we, out in just a pub. Like a <laughs> yeah, we weren't doing anything. We were just you know I don't know what, whatever we did. We were rehearsing and. You know, so when okay, so after number one, you, you start touring this, the states again, or what? Uh, yeah, well, the first thing is what? we, yeah, they flew us out to New York probably the following week, mm-hmm. and it, then it was just oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what it feels like to be a number one band because it, to come from London where nothing was happening, and I was in the pub with my buddies on a plane, and you turn up and there's a limo waiting for you, and mm. all of a sudden there's three million radio stations and stuff and you know eh, all that sort of stuff you know were people recognizing you wherever you went yeah i remember it's an old story we always tell but one of the first things we did the 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 girl who was looking after us um cheryl she said well do you want to do something quickly before we start oh we've never been up the empire state let's go up there so we all (laughs) went up the empire state and we got recognized up there you know it's like wow this is nuts you know there's all these kids after our autographs and stuff and it's like well okay really weird yeah yeah it was kind of weird rock and roll yeah it worked yeah Yeah. (laughs) different times though because then you were just you were giving autographs not having your picture taken at the top of the empire state building no one's carrying their camera around yeah no selfies yeah it was totally which makes it even more amazing because i mean i guess it was mtv the video yeah it was well we owe a lot to mtv no question they they broke us i think really because that was a nuts video 
and it got it was on heavy rotation. So yeah, yeah and what was so yeah with yeah. arms and what was as I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was done with mirrors. That was, was it. Yeah, yeah, it was done with mirrors, which pre-technology. You no, know? so yeah, we had these dancers, like ballet dancers, were kind of stretching across, and it was um, fair, you know, like fairground mirrors, the curved ones. Yeah. So it was like that, and we curved their bodies out. Kind so of. Yeah. yeah. It was really, yeah, that's what helped, I think, <laughs> having a good video. Okay, since we're talking about that song, I have a question for you. There was a parody of it, Adam West. Who oh, was there? Has, yeah, yeah, you haven't, you haven't I, heard it. I, oh, I may have done a long while ago. Adam yep. West as in Batman. It, Batman, it was a, it's called Adam West, and it was a, a, by a guy named Wally Wingert, who actually at the time it came out, I happened to work with him years oh, ago you? when we were working in the music industry, yeah, and, and – uh, yeah, this he, was the time that the, the the first Batman with Michael Keaton oh, came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, but in the video, he did a video for it, and he used footage, you know, old Batman footage. Yeah, I was just curious to, I, to hear your thoughts on the song I, if you heard I it. I just vaguely remember it. To be honest, yeah. how long ago was it? Eighty nine. No, that's why I can't. You know, <laughs> it was a long while ago. It sort of rings a bell to me. Yeah. If I wonder because I thought it was Is really it on clever. YouTube? It must be right. It's on YouTube. I'll yeah. find it. I'll yeah. find it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw it on YouTube. I just yeah, watched yeah. it yesterday. Like, <laughs> I'll find it. Clever. What did you think? Oh yeah, it was very clever. Of course. It was, yeah. You know, of the it's time of eighty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, yeah. <laughs> you know, Adam West. <laughs> yeah, you don't need, as we know from out from Weird Al, you don't need a uh, clearance to uh, no. to do a parody. No, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, you can do whatever you like. Yeah, absolutely. Usually, Weird Al, Weird Al, I Weird think, Al. Fam- famously yeah. asks all his artists still yeah. If, yeah. if he can do to it. support. And then Wally just went out and did it. Apparently. Yeah. It'd be an honour, though, for Weird Al to say, can I do your song? Most people would go, please, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. I would think so. No, I was yeah. curious. I didn't know. I, I wanted to ask you, but I wondered if maybe you would be, you know, no, if you would be I I offended. Even, or... Oh, God, no. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Um, okay, so the, the follow-up to Wild Wild West, I, I would imagine these are the, this is the song that people come up to you and say, this meant the most to me, and it's, I'll, I'll be I'll there. Be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was looking on the YouTube comments, and oh. it's, yeah. it's crushing. Like, it some is. Of the, yeah, like. This is the song people play at funerals yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, And I get people, the gigs, the ones we've just been doing, people coming up in tears, mm-hmm. which is it's very challenging to, to have to deal with that every night, you know. Um, but, yeah, we've touched a lot of people with that song, and it's it's taken on a life of its own, I think, out on the net. It's it's mm-hmm. just it's just out there, you know. So Yeah, yeah it's a brilliant thing. And wh- the inspiration what, for it? Uh, well, we were in... We were in, in LA, we were here making the album and, and our manager said, we need a ballad because that's all that was getting played on radio at the time. It's like, oh man, we don't want to do a ballad, you know, right, right, right. So we, so we came up with some chords. John came up with these, we were thinking of trying to sort of copy the old soul chords, you know, like the really old sort of Stand yeah. By Me, so all that sort of vibe. So he came up with the sort of classic chords for it and we came up with a melody and they went out up drinking on a tequila frenzy, I think, the rest of the band, but I stayed in. <laughs> And because that's usually the way I usually stay and do the lyrics. So I stayed and did them. And, I, and something hit me. Honestly, I can't remember. I know a friend of ours wife had died. Yeah. Um, and and it just something came to me and I just wrote them really quickly and um, and just put them down on the table and went to bed. And John said he came in. And I don't know if this is this is it's probably grown in the telling, but he said <laughs> he came in and and it was. Um, it was on the table and a shaft of moonlight was lighting it up. <laughs> like a halo, <laughs> yeah. a halo. It was meant yeah. to be and recorded. And he said he read it and went, oh, you know, got a shiver. And said, yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I shed a few tears when I listened to it again this time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I, I really, you know, I, I, can, I, I'll well up if I start talking about it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially, you know, 30 years later, you know, yeah. you've been, you've lived life. I've lived life and, yeah. and, I, and, I, and it's been played at relatives' funerals. It'd probably be played at mine. My wife can't listen to it, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, you know, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Take right. a minute. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, but okay. So the video is underwater. How how is that oh, done? What? That's God. a crazy yeah. video. We it, Milan, our drummer at the time, is the hero who saved it because we all freaked under there. We we're in a diving tank, really deep. Mm-hmm. That's the only way they could film it. So we had to d- learn to dive before we did it. And what <laughs> happened was you had to rely on the divers next to you giving you air, right? And then they played the track while you're under like 12 foot of water miming and trying not to panic because mm-hmm. we had weights on to keep us down so we didn't float up oh, oh my god <laughs> and you can imagine when we looked at the rushes we looked like we were under 12 foot of water with yeah. weights tied around our feet <laughs> you know what i mean it was yeah. just like but milan was because he's you know he's quite sort of heroic sort of chap he just sort of he just did it and he and he saved it i think and then that there's a lot of footage of me in a room singing it. That wasn't meant to be there, but they had to put it there because we looked so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but the girl, Nicola, Nicola Charles, she turned into a singer afterwards, but she was the model who did it. She was really good as well. So between Milan and her, they saved the video, really. In all honesty. My palms are sweating just thinking about <laughs> oh, that, doing oh, that man. underwater. <laughs> and I get a bit claustrophobic anyway. Yeah. So it, yeah, and because you can't see because it's all blurry. You're not wearing a diver's mask, mm-hmm. so... So right, you can't yeah. see, you're weighed down and you're relying on this guy over here to keep you alive. It's pretty scary, you know. Yeah. And whose idea was this? <laughs> yeah, who's the, the manager? Video director. <laughs> no, it's a video, Ralph Zeman, his name was. I mean, he's a genius guy and it was a great idea. But, <laughs> and, it, and it did really well on MTV. So, yeah. you know, but my God, that was scary. Yeah. <laughs> God, <clears throat> that's crazy. <laughs> all right, so... All right, so every we, we kind of come to the end of Escape Club. What What happened? I mean, what... It's you. You had a you know a hit on dollars yeah. and, and yeah. sex and yeah, it was number it, eight. Yeah, on so it was a and then oh, I, I, I know that's yeah. <laughs> that, 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 well, we, we know what happened. We just want to know the, the the actual transition. So you ended up moving to Australia. Oh, eventually, no. Like the, so, okay. So I've touched on it before, but the financial situation was so bad and tenuous that by the time we got to the end of that album. In th- on paper, we still owed money, which is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Of course, we didn't. We sold millions of records, and somebody made a lot of money out of it. Um, so we were we were struggling um, musically. We'd kind of, and most bands say this, we'd all gone in different directions. Mm-hmm. I wanted to live in America um, at the time. My first wife was American, so I was like, "Yeah, I want to go there. It makes more sense to be there." None of the others wanted to go. John, I think John did. Um, what else? Well, the money was was not good. It, the management weren't really particularly encouraging us to make another record because I think they'd done a deal with 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 the label where they probably got paid off because mm-hmm. we had a two we had a two album deal and we only did one of them. So I, I can talk out of experience now because yeah. I'm I'm in the business so right. I and I can look at it and go yeah somebody made some money out of that and they just wanted us to split and 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 it and it wasn't a particularly friendly spit and I and it's really sad and it really saddens me I wish we had the internet then because we could have carried on mm-hmm. easily yeah. carried on um, John and I went off to do production because we were offered production um, the pu- publisher offered offered us an advance because you know we were the main writers anyway mm-hmm. and we had some songs sitting around um, 
but it's it's not it wasn't fair on the on the whole band, and I wish it hadn't gone that way. I really do, but it, that's just it did. You can't you can't change history. Um, yeah, so we went off to do a bit of production. Most of the nineties, we we produced quite a lot of acts in London. You worked yeah. with some big artists. Did you, I mean, it seems like a, a good transition for an artist. Yeah, it makes you know from a career point of view, it makes sense. Yeah, it's just sad that the band had to split up for it to happen. Yeah. And, and I don't think it needed to. But it's Milan, the drummer was a bit intransigent, and it was he wanted to fight us all about it. And I was just like, oh god, it just got ridiculous, you know. You don't you don't want that. In and life. you wouldn't have continued playing or, or uh, forming a, another band. Uh, it's so again, I, I was offered it. An A&R guy in New York phoned me up and said, well, do you want to go solo? I guess I should have done. <laughs> but I didn't. I, Necessarily. I felt, but, yeah. I, but I felt a loyalty to the guys, even yeah. though we weren't doing anything. I just did, I couldn't do that. So I went into production, you know. So right. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, yeah. really some, some big acts, some big. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But I guess, yeah. but I mean, fortunately, you, you I mean, you accumulate all this knowledge and now your manager or your yeah, now I, I develop young. I mean, what, so so from all that, then then I went to Australia originally to do to do a record for a, a it was a show called Pop Stars, which was a pre X Factor thing. So oh, okay. I went down there to do that. I ended up on the panel. Um, you're doing the Simon Cowell thing down there. Were so, you the bad guy? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I just I told him they were all out of tune and too fat and stuff like that. What you're supposed to, you know. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you know, I can't watch those shows. Uh, I, I kind of I it was. It was it was a good learning experience, yeah. um, and in the end, I made the record with the winner. And John was down there; he did that with me. And I st- I fell in love with the country; I absolutely loved it. So we stayed there. I found a young high school band called Shortstack, and they were in a band competition. Um, and and I just watched them, and their songs were phenomenal. And no one was seeing it. I was like, Can you "Guys, not see this." So I, I signed them, and between us, we made them huge. And they were headlining at the Opera House before we even got a deal for them. They, right? they were massive. Wow. We used the internet. And I learned so much through those guys because they were kids about how the net works and mm-hmm. how to how to get an audience and all that sort of stuff. So between us, um, pretty much me and Sean the singer made them huge, really. And the others helped, but but it was both of us driving it so hard. You yeah. Know? Thanks. So you mo- you went to Australia for a pop star for this opportunity for that. For but I'm now an Aussie citizen, and yeah. But we moved. Me and my wife moved back recently, about three years ago, back to London. Oh, is that right? Bad move. Shouldn't have I know. done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different way of life. Yeah, it is. It's a little yeah. crazier yeah. now. But yeah. uh, it is. That's it, unfortunately when we landed, the year we landed was 2016, wasn't mm-hmm. it? That was the year when Bowie died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trump got in, Brexit happened, everything crashed. Good timing. Yeah, really bad because we'd <laughs> sold up in Oz, mm-hmm. brought all our dollars back to London and then the pound went off <sighs> through the floor. So and it still is and we're we're stuck there now. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. But yeah. it's still home, right? But it's still home, and I, I do love London. I'm a Londoner, always will be. But, yeah, it's weird to be in your own country and not being able to get out because you've been stopped by politicians, you know. It's, it's really annoying. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation it which is. I would love to have. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, – so what are you you're managing a lot now or what, I, well, what, I'm what, developing what, I don't manage so what I try and do I've got another young band in in London that I've put together with a friend of mine who used to run Sony's quite a big cheese in the like, in the record, record mm-hmm. industry so between us we got these young guys they're really good um, and we're about to go looking for a deal for them and see what we can do but yeah are you producing too yeah I, I don't produce as much as I used to I'm, I think I'm Leave that to the younger folk, really, these days. You know, you I miss just, the studio work? 
I, I, do, I do go in and out. I mean, I do go there. I, I don't miss sitting there for, you know, 12 hours a day listening to a kick drum. Get that you snare know. Yeah, around. no, <laughs> I, I, I'm over that, you know, yeah. So, okay, can I ask you while we're go talking on. about yeah. that? Because I did, I saw the list of some of the artists that you worked with <laughs> right. back in the Back, when back you in were the day, in the 90s. Yeah. Back in the- so it, including Atomic Kitten, yeah. Baha Men, Boyzone. Those are, you know, yeah. pretty shaggy. Big, big pop Westlife? bands, yeah. Yeah, Westlife, yeah. Any, anybody stand out to you for any, any particular reason? I have got so many stories <laughs> that I can't really talk to you about. But, but the thing is when you're dealing with, because we were pr- primarily dealing with kind of put-together pop artists, mm-hmm. so, and we were working mm-hmm. for, mainly for a company called First Avenue, who are huge in England, and they did lot of stuff so you get to learn it's a different thing it's not like working with what i'd call real bands it's not like working with people who come up through the clubs it's working with somebody who's come out of stage school who can't yeah. really hold a tune mm-hmm. but auto-tune was invented so we had to sit there and tune them up and stuff like that right. i've had singers come in and sing and then get a lovely lady backing singer to come in afterwards who i can't really name because mm-hmm. you used to have to pay her a bit extra she was so good at mimicking their voices she could sing the whole song again and they'd come back the next day and go, oh, I sang that well, didn't I? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so that's a weird... Uh, yeah. Didn't happen all the but, time, right, but right. there's a couple of people it did happen to. Mm-hmm. None of which were that well-known, but I still wouldn't like to say. Yes, <laughs> yeah. understandably. <clears throat> yeah. And we shouldn't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, th- I think that's... Uh, anything else you got? <laughs> no, I mean, this has been great. I really oh, appreciate it. Oh, me too. It. I really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a lot of fun. This, I mean, this is so much fun. We're so happy to have you. I'm thrilled to meet you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> me too. Yeah, so, so you okay, after the 80s tour, you, you got a couple more dates. You're playing the Greek theater. We're playing the Greek. Have you um, ever played the Greek? You, no, no. I'm looking you, forward to it. Oh, have you been there? Have yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm looking for, we've played some amazing venues. We played the Mountain Winery in Saratoga. Mm-hmm. Have you been oh, there? no. Oh. It's amazing. It's worth going just to see them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're doing the Greek. Then we're playing in Vegas the following day. And then that's Short it. Short set. Short set in Vegas. That's oh, I think it'll be half a song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? Where, where else have you been before? Oh, uh, we did a week life? in Texas. We, we started, the whole tour started on the East Coast, but we started in Detroit. Um, we've been, we went through there. Then we went down to Texas for a week. Then we started up in Seattle and worked our way down through Oregon down through Northern California down to here. So yeah, that's great. So now that you've got the band raring, oh, like yeah. firing on all cylinders, yeah, yeah. is this what, yeah. what do we got now? What's we, the future? What's we want to do more. Absolutely, we're really enjoying it. Um, we're talking a lot of the bands on the tour. We're all talking about maybe doing some more stuff, and and the, I think the Lost Eighties guys want us back, so we'll probably do that. Um, but there's other stuff out there, you know. We we definitely want to come and do some more gigs. Yeah, it's great. I, I mean, I was I was looking on your social media. You're you're getting pretty good at that. Oh yeah, guess, you know? yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, yeah. we've got a we've got a core following that, of people and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. I guess you, you've learned from your I from have. these kids are teaching you. Absolutely, yeah. No, they have taught me. Yeah. Definitely. So you're saying we can expect more escape club music? You certainly can. That's very exciting. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exciting. Well, well, we'll bring you in next time. You got uh, you yeah. got an album. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You will. Definitely. Okay. Well, okay. thank you so much. Appreciate it. That was thank great. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you for coming into. What difference does it make? So that was great. Great fun. That was super fun. Thank you so much to Trevor for coming into the studio and talking with us. We loved it. We hope to have you back soon. Yes. Thank you. And until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 